Yes, I. Attitudes of sexual integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. Episode number 98. The Fifth Commandment, Part 2. that right and uh, the selling is called blame doing another show behind the wheel of the van today getting her done putting another show in the box uh big issue dealing with the uh the parental wound that parents have on us and dealing with uh you know how we process justice i think when it comes to i because if you're honest Every single one of us has that father or mother wound, right? Unless your parents were perfect. And um, here's the deal. If you think your parents are perfect, then your wound is self-righteousness because your parents weren't perfect. Okay, they're not. So that's, that's the wound that your parents put on you is that you're, you think that they were perfect. Anyway, I know. I'm just being funny now. But uh, this is a serious subject, Russ. Come on. Um, I know parents and justice and what is right and what is wrong and what we've learned and that's that song right the 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 issue of blame am i just looking for someone to blame for for my own crap yeah i I think a lot of us are and uh so that's what i'm going to talk about today so yes the light is green Driving the van and uh, sharing with you my thoughts on the fifth commandment. Because that is the commandment, right? That we honor our parents and honor your mother and father. And not doing so is actually sin. And here's what's, uh, here's what's troublesome about that, I think, in our, in our mind, is that sense of, of justice, right? And that's built in every single one of us. And... and, and and here you go. This is a Good Charlotte. Story of My Old Man. Another bumper from that song. Uh, check it out. I remember baseball games and working on that car. He told me that he loved me and that I would go far. He showed me how to work hard and stick up for myself. I wish he wasn't too hard to listen to himself. This is the story of my old Just like them, like them. 
Fuck yeah. Alone and miserable again. That is a good Charlotte. And what does this have to do with sexual ethics, Russ? Uh, sexual integrity? What, what, uh, what does all this have to do with that? Here's the deal. I don't know any sex addict that I've ever met, that I've ever talked to, that I've ever uh, conversed with on, a, on an, uh, an honest basis that didn't have some deep-seated anger or control issues. I mean, anger really is just uh, control. You know, I mean, it, it, you can't control things, so you get angry, and it, it turns emotional, and this energy just starts to well up and, and want to grab and take control of things. And that control is in human wrath, and this is getting into the sixth commandment, because Jesus is going to say that that's where that stems from. Human wrath is all about fear, and uh, fear goes into control, and control becomes anger, and people murder one another. But, uh, getting back to the fifth commandment, we learn these habits, and we learn these patterns, and we, we want justice for what we've learned, and I think that that starts to, you know, in recovery, when we see how jacked up our parents were, and, and a lot of us are just like, you know, oh, this is just how I grew up, I didn't, I thought that was normal, and then, what usually happens, I've talked to a lot of folks about this, what usually happens in recovery, you start, um, you know, bringing these things out in the open, and you start to see how, uh, you know, how jacked up it was, and then, and then anger comes forth, right? And listen, we're image bearers of God, right? We've been made in His image, and part of uh, God's nature is to have things set right. He didn't make robots. He made um, beings that could love and choose to love him or not. So part of our, you know, it's, it's built into our nature to want um, justice. This is why I don't understand, like, people who don't believe in hell. Like, oh, how could a good and loving God uh, send, you know, people to hell? How, how could he not? I, I mean, people are evil. There's a lot of really evil, jacked-up stuff in the world. And whether you're religious or not, if you have no love for God, if you really have no, um, you know, that kind of angst, that kind of wanting to know, that kind of wanting to build that relationship with the, the creator of life, that it, it, your heart changes when that happens, when you have a relationship with God. And if you don't and you just keep spilling out evil, and you don't care, and all the rapists and the murderers and the Hitlers of the world who don't have any affection for God and just want to take for themselves, you don't think that a loving God wouldn't have justice for them? Seriously. So there's something built in us. It's natural to want a certain... to, to want wrath. I saw the show on MTV... And uh, just got cable again. I haven't had cable in like a year. We would just watch all our, you know, the TV shows we like on t on the internet. You know, just watch them on online because they're all online. And uh, but anyways, it's football season's coming up, and that there's like twenty five bucks a month for cable. I'm like, all right, I can do that. I'm just I'm just not gonna pay sixty, you know, hundred bucks a month for cable. I'm just not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. So anyway, got cable again, and I turned on MTV. 
because I remember I'm 42, right? I just doubled my my 21st birthday, but you know I've got I've had some emotional issues in the past, and I've got what you call uh, arrested development, right? So I'm probably emotionally about 18 or 19, which is kind of it's kind of cool. I like it a little bit. I mean, I, there's the maturity thing that I'm frustrated with my own maturity level, but at the same time, uh, you know that childlikeness I still have some of that, and I and I like it. Um, anyway. So watching MTV, which doesn't play music videos anymore, which is strange, right? It's called music television, and there's just a bunch of weird reality shows and stuff like that, and sitcom things and stuff like that going. So what happened to the music on on music television? Um, anyway, there's a show called uh, Get Back to the Point, Russ. Back to the Point. Um, the show called uh, Bully Beatdown. I watched this reality show. I thought it was awesome. And it totally goes right after that sense of justice that we all have in our heart. Like high concept television, right? Solving the cognitive dissidence, you know, between bullies. You just want to see these guys get beat. And it's funny because one of the ones I saw was this guy who works at a fast food place, you know, kind of a humble dude and working at this fast food place. And, and this guy would come in and throw fries at him, call him a loser, you know, and one time in the parking lot, try to run him over. And he's this kind of this Texan um, hockey player guy with the kind of yeehaw and the cross around his neck. And, you know, one of these, you know, the, the repulsive Christian types. Right. And just a, just a bully. You know, telling this, calling this guy a loser. I have no respect for people like that. And and it was <laughs> it was funny to see this guy. And he comes up, he goes up against this MMA fighter, right? Mixed martial arts um, fighting is, is a huge sport here in the United States. And and these guys are they're all of the world. And these guys are uh, just professionals at uh, beating the crap out of other men. Okay. And if you're judging that, can you read some some of David? Read some of the book of Samuel. Read some of the Psalms, all right? David was a warrior like that, all right? This is a sport. This is what these guys do, okay? Before you get all judgmental about mixed martial arts fighting. Anyway, you have this bully, right? And he goes up against uh, an MMA professional. He's a professional fighter. And it's funny how these guys have so much pride, like this hockey player Texan guy. He just has, he just, he thinks he can do it, right? He thinks he can kick this guy's ass. And it's funny to watch. And, and all the money, like if he can stay in for three minutes with, uh, with the MMA fighter professional, he will get, $5,000 $5,000 and they do it in tap outs like if he taps out five times he doesn't get any money and all that money goes to his victim right on the show so uh, this guy he went uh, he did four tap outs and he got a thousand bucks and this is the wrestling part right and then there's two rounds and then the other round is, is like a kickboxing boxing uh, round and the fighter, who was like this world champion fighter, he, he heard this guy's story, right? This this uh, guy working in the fast food place and being picked on by this guy relentlessly. And, and, and he's upset, right? He's got that thing rising up in him. And he knows he can go dispense some justice. You know, and it's funny. This guy, the other guy, he's got so much pride. And he's just, oh, I'm going to kick this guy's butt, you know, the, the hockey player guy. And they're just like, okay, buddy, you just sign that release form. All right, just make sure you sign that release for before you go in there and think you're going to take care of this guy. So, I mean, reasonably and understandably, the MMA fighter's upset. He kind of went against the rules and he and he kicked box. He kicked the guy in the head and knocked him out. 
like knocked him out cold. Like they're asking the guy, uh, you know, did you say? And at first, the, the way they, you know, the way they do this is just kind of hilarious. And it, again, it's it's that that part of justice that we all want to see the bully get beat down. You know, here let's see it from the aerial view. Let's see it from this view over here. Let's see it with uh, some cartoon sound effects added. You know, where he knocks this guy out. And they're and they, you know after this thing has happened, they're asking the guy, do you remember? Do you know where you are? I don't know where I am. You know your name? I'm not really sure. I mean, this guy just got the the his he got his bell rang, man. So <laughs> I, I bring that up because we all, I mean, if we were really honest, we want to see the bully get beat down, okay? So it's natural to want to see some justice dispensed, right? Now, I want you to think about your relationship with your folks behind your eyes. Because for some of you, you're going to have to... I know you love your mom and dad, and I know that some of this hurts, and in recovery you will have to deal with those wounds that you learned as a kid. Um, It's very rare that people are sexually abused by their parents. Um... That is some people's story, and that may be your story, but it's not the the bulk of your stories out there. But I know for some of you that you have gone through that, and that is a horrible thing to have to go through. And I do want to do some um, in the in the future. I do want to do some interviews with some people who have gone through that. I know people who um, were sexually abused by a parent. But if that is that's not your story, I want you to think about your story and not dwell on, um, take all that energy and, and start focusing it on others, right? I want you to think about your relationship with your mom and dad and how those wounds have made me, made you guarded, made you feel guarded, made you have tweaked your relationships in a way that's maybe unhealthy, just walking away from a relationship or just closing up because you did that with your folks and you learned that at home. Again, I'm not, I'm not a professional, okay? I'm not your counselor. I'm not your psychologist or your pastor. And, and please, um, seek professional help for some of this stuff because I know this is weighty. But it's not their fault you're stuck. And I think that's where the fear comes from. That's where that motivator fear comes from. That you feel you're stuck that way. And it's their fault. If you're honest, do you feel that way? Do you need to pray that out? And you learn that it's just easier to walk away in relationships. Maybe that's... Maybe you're just scared. Here's some more good Charlotte... Could this be the end? Am I standing on the edge of everything I wanted now? I was afraid. I was afraid. Maybe I'm just scared to face the things I fail. It's easier to win. 
song that walking away from everything. Maybe I'm scared. And that song is like that's written and birthed out of a heart that is actually seeing what it's placing its hope in. What it's seeing, it, it, a heart that's seeing where the, the steps of faith are being placed as we live out our day-by-day life. Listen, all addiction is that, that withdrawal that Dr. Block talks about with the, the intimacy book that he wrote, talking about um, that, that we withdraw from relationships, we walk away, and we learn that as, as kids, and that relationship with mom and dad is the, it's, it's so important that we, we just make an effort to redeem those relationships and put those relationships before Christ. And, and that's different than religion, okay? All addiction, listen, all addiction leads us to the place of alone, isolated, self-absorbed, alone. We see ourselves as redeemer. We see ourselves as judge, jury, and executioner. And we sever relationships, man. It's sad that we do that. And and religion is, it's, it's just, it does, we don't believe. It, right? Like Mel Gibson made this beautiful movie, The Passion of the Christ, and it talks about his faith and wrote a book and, and and then these tapes come out and just expose him for what he actually believes. And what that is 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 letting his relationship be severed. Because he's God, because he sees himself as God. He doesn't believe the power of Jesus Christ over, you know, healing his relationship with his wife. He just wants what he wants. Tiger Woods' divorce is final. You know, I mean, I don't know what went on with that, but in there somewhere, somebody decided that divorce was was the the place that they were going to take their step of faith into the future on. They're going to place their hope in, in severing the relationship. It just started raining. <laughs> the rain in the background. Um, that's. It's so important that we, we understand what the difference between the Christian faith and what, what actually is Jesus versus religion, the the atonement of Jesus Christ is the victory of Christ on the cross that Jesus won in that moment so we don't have to live in bitterness anymore. That he died for, for my sins and he died for your sins and he died for your parents' sins. That we're not better than our parents. I'm not better than my mom or my dad. And how we grew up is, is... this is the 20%, man. Life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you choose to react to it. Most of the weight and responsibility is on us to, to, to love, to choose what we're going to love. And we don't res- rescue ourselves. God does that for us. And He does it through loving us. And the cross is that, that, that victory that God won for us. That Adam and Eve subjected us to, to evil. And that affliction and that infection is, is in all of us and it's in the world. And Christ won that on the cross. 
That's the difference because religion just says that there's all the, these rules and you know there's religious symbolism and then there's this over. There. No, do you believe it? Have you prayed it out? Have you talked to God? Do you realize that Jesus is God? That the Bible is actually true when it says Jesus is God. How can he not be God? Can you ask that question? Can you see the difference between religion and, and the gospel, the good news? Because if, if the cross is right, if the cross is real, then maybe I can love my mom and dad. That maybe that they couldn't afford emotionally to take care of me the way I needed or the way that would be great or the way that would be ideal for me. Right? Would you get mad at your parents if they couldn't buy you a certain thing? Like maybe that you did as a kid. Maybe that's part of that childishness that we have. Mom didn't buy me that. Dad didn't buy me that brand new car. So I'm mad at him, and he couldn't afford it. And he, you know, he worked two jobs, and he did his best to pay, you know, for, put a roof over my head. But he couldn't buy me that new car, so I'm mad. It's the it's looking at that and seeing our parents emotionally, and maybe sometimes there's things that they just couldn't afford emotionally because of their story, because of the stuff that they were afraid to, to talk about. And they affected us, but they loved us. My folks loved me in their own jacked up way. I read a book called, um, a while back, I listened to a book actually called uh, Love Codes. It was written by a guy who was a, a, a psychologist, um, but he grew up in, 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 his parents were like hillbillies, right? In the Appalachian Mountains, embarrassed about that. And grew up in, in horrific, jacked up conditions there in the Appalachian Mountains and incest and it's horrible things he grew up with. But learning how to love his parents through what happened in his life, through what they, they learned and how what they could afford to, to give him emotionally. Learning to forgive them even though how he grew up was not ideal. Got an email from a listener. Uh, you know, I, I did a talk about. Hey, share your story with me. What what do you what have you been through? Um, one listener said, uh, "Just I didn't uh, share his story too much, but I know a little bit of his story." Um, but he talked about how the Bible says, uh, or the the fifth commandment says, "Honor your mother and father." It doesn't necessarily say you have to love them. Um, Christ calls us to love our enemies. Is your mom or your dad your enemy? Are they? They're called to give give them a drink of water if they're thirsty. Now these are difficult things. Carrying our cross. Again, reconciliation. You don't just forgive someone who's sinning against you. You don't just, you know... You forgive them, but you're not necessarily reconciled until they can, right? They can repent for the the sin they they made against you. But we we have that energy. We have the the release to give them forgiveness and to love them. Yes, love them. 
Honor them as important, yes. Take care of them when they get old. Right? It's our responsibility to take care of our parents when they age and get older. Despite how they treated us. Even if they were jerks. Even if they were evil. That's part of grace. That's Romans 5, 7. Right? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you or I, you know, when we did that horrible thing, that thing that you feel the most shame about, the thing that you, uh, that just, it's, it's, you think about, you cringe inside. Christ died for you right there. That He loves you right there that much. And carrying our cross is giving that away. Right? Understanding how much God loves us. And if we understand it, it's not just religion. Oh, I got grace, you know? That's a religious thing. If you just think of it as just some kind of a legal loophole, it's not, it's not in your heart. You have no affection for Christ, and through no affection, there's no new heart. We get a new heart. We get a new heart, and we see change. That change comes over time. It grows for some it's fast, and for some it takes time to, to, to grow. But we have to forget, we forgive our parents, and we, and, and in turn, forgiving ourselves. I had a, another listener who, um, I was talking about the, the, the shame as, as a motivator. And we learned some of that from our folks, too. And maybe we feel shamed, and if we, we see ourselves as the bully, we get beat down. Maybe we'll change. Maybe I can change through that. You know, I mean, in the military and in, like, a sporting team, um, if you screw up and the coach or the, the lieutenant or the sergeant or whoever's over you punishes the whole, um, your whole team because of something you did, that shame tends to, to kick your butt Right and and to motivate you to, to to change, but I believe that that kind of change can be fleeting. You know, that that being shamed, there's there's something that's very is very motivational about that. You know, all these guys in this bully show that that um, after they get their their butts handed to them right by the MMA fighter. They end up apologizing to the to the victim, which is cool. You know, they end up shaking hands. They they, they it's funny how being um, being humbled can bring you to that place. But I think if you keep going through this over and over again, and you think that you can be shamed enough to that will get you to change, like it's being pushed into you from the outside. Right? That does not work over time. It can work short term, but really what's going to change you is it's going to grow out of your heart from the inside. It's going to change you from the inside out. When you realize what Jesus did, that Jesus absorbed the wrath of God for you. Right? Jeremiah 31, 31. That God doesn't, you know, through the new covenant, God doesn't even remember the sin that you cause against him. That Jesus' blood on the cross has, has, has purchased that for you. I don't even remember it. It's in the scriptures. You, you know, you're going, okay, God, you can kick my butt again because I did this horrible thing and I failed again, so you can kick my ass again. God's going, I don't, I don't remember what. You know? 
I mean, sure, we're disciplined by God, but that's out of love. But if we think that we're going to just keep getting God to pound us into submission, like, you know, we're going to tap out and then we'll be clean, that's not how it works. Because that's that outside-in type of thing that just doesn't work long-term. It's a heart issue. It grows from inside your heart outward. I hope that makes sense to you. That was the biggest thing, the biggest thing that got me to see, to take the fog out, to take the, the blinders off of my eyes. And I, and I opened my eyes and I saw something in that moment when I saw that, you know what? It comes out of me from the inside. Religion is something that you stuff in from the outside. Religion says those people out there need wrath. Religion says that. It doesn't put God in control. It puts me in control and I'm going to subscribe to this certain ideal so that I can judge others or myself and feel better for the moment. Because ultimately, um, God's in charge. He's a loving Father who's in control. And when we can see what the cross means and and take steps out onto that, that you know, kind of like that bridge that's going across this, this big gulf, this big chasm that, that C.S. Lewis, you know, the, the great divorce between heaven and hell, walking out of the, the pain and misery of our lives, and it's taking steps onto that slippery, or that bridge that we're so afraid, that, because we don't know, and we're, th- these are muscles that we haven't, you know, toned yet, these are, these are areas, and this is un, you know, this is an adventure, and this is this territories that are unclaimed, step into this, Lord? Can I, Do you really got me? Do you really love me? Are you really in control? I think we're asking that in those times when, when it hurts. We're either going to turn to Him or away from Him. We're going to run towards Him or we're going to feel like we need our butts kicked. We're going to run to Him because He's our loving Father who wants good for us. Or is he a mean drill sergeant who wants you to submit and tap out? And some of tapping out is, is good if it's if it's our pride. We need that. But again, it's it's a heart level, yes. Lord help me. Help me stop turning to this thing that's consuming my life. Help me have conviction instead of shame. Help me see instead of just feel. John 3, 16, 17, PSV. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 16, 17. ESV, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 Revelation 14.6
Well, 10, he has me, and I heard a loud voice in him, saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. Revelation 12, 10. First John 18 and 19. He has me. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. 19 we love, because he first loved us. 1 John 18 and 19. Colossians 2 13, 15, English Standard Version, 13 and you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, 14 by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. 15 he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame, by triumphing over them in him. Colossians 2 13, 15. Romans 5, 7, 8. ESV. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Maybe but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 7, 8. The desire of God is not burnt sacrifice. Reverence on the outside is no certain sign. His delight is when we become broken inside. Our God will not despise. That's contrite Create me a clean heart Oh my God And restore to me The joy that you bring Cleanse me from sin And renew me within And I'll tell of your ways For all of my Will you humble this soul, make me accept?
In a right sacrifice In these burnt offerings These words that I sing The salvation of you to understand in this message it, that going back to the gospel and going back to this this very obvious fifth commandment to, to love to honor our parents the commandment is to honor our parents but to love our parents what does that look like um, there's this vague spirituality that's out there right that that oh Jesus and Buddha and uh, uh, it's all the same it's all the same God Russ it's you know the planet just love the planet and the and the creation and the big difference is that the Bible is going to be contrary to that that idolatry is praying to the planet and loving the planet and this whole oneism right? The difference between the God of the Bible and, the, and the, the vague spirituality is that that God made the world, that God is outside of creation, that God, because He loves us, because He's a good Father who gives good gifts to His children, He gives us creation. He gives us these things and He doesn't want us to worship them. And the message of the, the Bible is Jesus. The whole Bible is about Jesus. If you go to Luke 24... And I, I believe it's, so you start at verse 13, the road to Emmaus, where Jesus comes back after the third day, right? The religious people killed Jesus, and he has the last laugh because he comes back on the third day. Talk about bully beatdown, right? He comes back on the third day, and he, and he meets these guys on, on the road to Emmaus. They walk seven miles, which is kind of, you know, this is historical fact. You look at the Discovery Channel. Oh, well, maybe they didn't kill him on the cross. Oh, okay, so he walks, after being beaten and, and having nails driven through his hands and his feet, he, he just happens to walk seven miles to, uh, <laughs> to Emmaus from Jerusalem. No. He's God in human flesh. He came back from the grave. He's not dead. 
He's not in the ground somewhere. His bones aren't somewhere in the Middle East. All right, They're not going to find Jesus' DNA because he's not dead. Because he's God. Because he is who he says he is. He opens the Bible to these guys in verse 27 and says, Let me show you from Genesis to the, to the end who I am. That I'm God. And the whole point of this is, is the cross. And God showing us how much He loves us. And God showing us... And, and what I really want you to understand through this message and through the message of the Gospel is our ability to give and receive love. Our ability to grow up as men. Right? To, to enter into that maturity. To, to understand the level and the depth of love that the message of the cross that it's enduring in relationship that we don't being a man and carrying our cross is is enduring through relationship and giving grace and not thinking that we're we're all that right that we deserve some kind of retribution that's it's not walking away it's being a man and and sticking in there with the people that we love and those relationships stem from our parents because that's where we learn a lot of this stuff and that's where we need to forgive and we need to give grace and we need to understand where we're at giving grace to our folks is so important loving them right honor them because they're important love them because jesus loved you and gave his life on the cross for you that's being a man that's loving differently than the world loves because it gets something out of it you don't get something out of it you get to give and then you can really live. That that's our ultimate loving father. And then our parents are just jacked up sinners like we are. And we have grace. And we can give grace to them. Because we've been loved. Anyway, I love you guys. I end the show right there. Um, my name is Russ Shaw. My email is russ at asi247.org. Thanks again for listening. There's another song from uh, Marcel Church's uh, worship crew. I forget the name of this band. It wasn't on the feed. so. But I love this song. Taste and see that the Lord is good that the the message of the cross is good that the message of of Jesus is good that that's how we find life John 10.10 he came to give us life and give it more abundantly that's true taste and see that he's good here you go I love you guys till next week bye